Welcome to InnerQuest, a journey to help you uncover the understanding and knowledge that resides within you. I'm Reverend R. Ken Turner, Minister at Unity of Chicago South, and with me are Reverend Dr. Stephanie Wilson Coleman and Reverend Dr. Nick Angadi, both of whom are also ministers at Unity of Chicago South, our online spiritual community. The three of us come together in this effort to bring metaphysical perspectives and practices that support your personal inner quest. We do behold the divine spark within you. Welcome to another exciting, dynamic episode of InnerQuest. I am here with the uh, duo that make up the trio of Reverend Dr. Stephanie Wilson Coleman and Reverend Dr. Nick Angotti. And we are here to kind of take you on a journey to find your truth, which is always within you. In fact, uh, in one of the basic books, Lessons in Truth, Dr. Katie tells us early on in the book, she defines education and she reminds us that education to educate means to bring out which is within one. So our job, our task, our goal, our journey, our joy is to help you bring forth all the wonderful, dynamic, spiritual being that you are in your life right now. And with that said, today's topic was introduced to us by Reverend Dr. Nick, and as is our custom, we allow the introducer of the subject to kind of start things off. So, Reverend Dr. Nick, thank you for being here, and would you get us going, please? Well, it's good to be here with both of you, that's for sure, and everyone listening in. Um, uh, as I do my daily reading, uh, which is every day, I have several books I read from, one is the called 365 uh, Science of Mind. Another uh, is a similar text, but not quite the same, called 365 Days of Richer Living. And that book was compiled on daily readings and daily inspiration as well as daily affirmative prayer or treatment or meditation uh, that was put together by... Um, the founder of religious science, the science of mind, Ernest Holmes, and one of his profound, uh, one of his disciples, uh, who actually came out of the Unity, out of Unity Village, and uh, after being educated at Unity Village, uh, made a choice to uh, move into the science of mind, or religious science, and became one of the uh, a magnificent. Uh, uh, Minister of Science of Mind uh, out of New York City. His name is Reverend Dr. Uh, Raymond Charles Barker. Anyway, uh, as I broke open my book, I didn't go to, to the actual reading for the, the 15th of January. I just broke open the book and it, came, it opened at December 14th. And the first lines I read were this, I am my own enemy. Let me correct that. I am my only enemy. My wrong beliefs about life cause me to strain and struggle with my problems. And then they turn it around and they say, I decide right now 
of what the effortless power of mind, or God, act through me. And I give, and give me my freedom from struggle. They go on later to say, my human thinking steps aside to let in God's healing thought. You know, it's stated in the Bible in Genesis that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and, and God, all things were created of the Word. So what precedes words but thoughts? Mm -hmm. You have to have a thought before you can formulate it into a word. So your thoughts are a precursor of creation. It is said that God loved so much what he had created. He chose to cast uh, human beings into the world, and then we find out later in the teachings of Jesus and Paul and others that uh, what God had created, he placed within each of us. So within us is the ability to think. Within us is the ability to form words and ideas. Within us is the ability to create affirmative statements. Those statements nullify the thoughts that we may linger on. We may linger on thoughts of negativity and doubt, and then consequently, as the first statement of uh, what Barker and Holmes wrote, I am my only enemy. So um, I'm going to pass the ball. Who would like to receive it? Well, who else has the book? <laughs> How about Reverend Doctor so, Stephanie? I have both books equally beat up. Okay. So. Uh, and as I looked at that, it's amazing because you didn't turn to today's lesson from the 365, but if you read today's lessons, the title is I Lift Up My Cup of Acceptance. And I and it goes on to say that you're a living continual expectancy. You live in a continual expectancy that every good thing in your experience shall be multiplied. So we do have power in what we believe. There is power in what we believe. I just think we forgot that. Okay, mm. so um, we so. And it's been proven scientifically now. Luckily, we live in an age where science is catching up. So often it's said that it is the, it, it is the, the brain's job to go out and make what you, to bring you evidence to make what you believe to be true, true. That's its job. So since if you take our life from our wrong beliefs about life uh, that cause us to strain and struggle with our problems, uh, that's actually what we do. We spend an, an, an awful amount of time talking about, worrying about, and magnifying the 10% of our life that isn't working well. I read a study the other day that said 90, Americans say 90% of their life is working really well. And then when you look at the conversations and the thought patterns of Americans, 90% of the conversation is generally negative. What we talk about, we bring about, and the more we talk about it, the more evidence comes to us to support our opinion. So in that sense, we are our 
our only enemy because we refuse or forget to. I won't say refuse. We forget the good things that are happening in our lives. Um, if we did simple things like take some time to look at what is going right in our world because 90% of our world is going right. Take some time to look at what we're grateful for. Then we will find that what we draw to ourselves and what we fill our cup up with, what we accept in that cup, will be all the good things, all the blessings that we want to see for ourselves, all the blessings we want to see for others. And I think that that's part of the key, too, is sometimes we want, we want to hoard it. We want everything for ourselves. We, we don't want anybody else to have the good because we're afraid that there's just not enough. It's just not enough to go around. Somehow this whole universe, this entire earth, has managed to supply enough oxygen for every breath we need to take. It's managed to supply enough of everything we need. But we still believe that there isn't enough. Hmm. But today I... <clears throat> Uh, I'm listening to the uh, station. I listen to a pro progressive radio. I keep on in the background a lot while I'm working if I'm not listening to meditative music. And uh, two facts were brought out. One of them I, I kind of remember. And uh, the, the two were important because it talked about, you know, it was really referring to scarcity. And one of them was if the income was created equal, how much income each person would have in this country if it was distributed properly. And the other one was the um, net worth and <clears throat> said that if the monies, if the dollars were distributed properly or, or equally, then every person would be worth, I believe it was $80,000. And that that was a, uh, I think it was a, uh, the 8% or 80% increase over what the average net worth is. So to talk about scarcity and to talk about uh, lack, what was just said is pretty true. There is enough. It's just that some people are holding on to more than they need. Now, getting back to where we started with the with the struggle part, the struggle uh, is, for me, as, as I remember it coming into a new thought, was the fact that I was asked to shoulder the responsibility of the life that I had to that point. And that is the part that can either run you out of this practice or break you down in this practice or redirect you in this practice, you know. And when you run away, you run away knowing that there's something true about what was said, but you don't want to face that you are the person, the, the respond, you're responsible for where you are. And if you, you know, kind of try to hide it, it still comes back. So if it breaks you down and you're willing to build yourself back up, then you can move through the struggle that you've created. And, it, you know, we use, we seem to use, or this practice uses a lot of little sayings, you know, and sometimes those sayings don't get to the depth of what 
really is necessary. So we say let go and let God. You know, what are we really saying? Some people really believe that let go and let God means that God's got it. God's going to fix everything. And other people, as they go deeper into the practice, as they move deeper into the practice, realize that I am the one preventing this God, this energy, this power, this vibration of good from fo uh, functioning totally in my life. I have that power. So I, I not only have the power of the thought to bring about what I think about, but I have the power on the direction that I, I go and the direction of this God power. I, I have that. And all my struggles to this point, if I can just admit that I have contributed to. I don't I don't want to, I'm not ready to take a hundred percent. You know, I just can't. But if I can just accept the fact that I have contributed to my situation with the way that I think, with the belief in scarcity, if I can get there then I can begin to come out of or go into the struggle really, because I can't even enter the struggle until I accept the fact that I was responsible for some of the stuff that happened in my life, some of the thinking and some of the thoughts that they didn't come from someplace else, that I accepted them at some point, and that's a very scary place to be. But this, 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 uh, this, this, this passage, this writing is so powerful because it says when, when I can move out the way, then this God, this, this God, this power, this energy can do what it does when I move out the way. So instead of me working to get more, instead of me working to get better, if I could work to get still <laughs> and uh, allow this God, this goodness that I believe to work fully in my life, and I guess the other part of that is the fact that I have to believe that this God is good. I have to believe that this power is good and that it, it, it wants the best for me. Those are the two things that are so very important, and I thank the passage. Hey, we're going to take uh, a pause from the conversation as you can hear it going on in the background. What I, I want to remind you that our prayer and spiritual support is available through texting at 773-876-8998. Text in your name and your request. Remember, you don't have to include your last name. Or you can email at prayer, all one word, prayer at unityocs.org. That's prayer at unityocs.org. Remember to include a general idea of your prayer desire or your spiritual support desire and at least your first name. You do not have to include your last name. The, the three ministers will the work with your requests during the week that it comes no in, after which we will life. pass it on to Friend Silent mine, Unity, uh, where they work with it for 30 days. Thank you so much for being a part of InterQuest, and now back to the conversation. So it's not about the toaster, it's not about the electricity. That power is there for us to use as we choose. And this great law of the universe, God's great law, is also there to use as we choose. Mm -hmm. And I call it God's great law 
because the concept, as we move into that concept of God being all-powerful, and that which does create in that, along with the great law, and my actions, my efforts, my attention, my intention, my decisions, the power of decision, hmm. when I put thoughts in the right place, everything will come about that I have chosen. If I choose not to be, put my thoughts into clear and uh, direct application, then the stream of my negative thought, which is down there deep, will just take over and be successful as well as it has in the past. Right. I am a powerful human being, and I accept that in the name and the great nature of God. Mm. You know, my mother used to tell me, um, be careful what you look for because you'll certainly, you'll be sure to find it. And I try to remember that when I'm looking at things. And she used to say, uh, don't be so careful, don't be so quick to call something good or bad. Just call it, it is, it just is. Mm -hmm. And there was this, this story that she told how something that seemed to be bad now ended up being good later and vice versa. So people think that they have the same level of gratitude or even consciousness that some of the people do who have a lot of money. Uh, sometimes the difference is that they work their idea because they believed in it so much that uh, as Einstein said, I didn't fail a thousand times. I just found a thousand times it didn't work, but he mm. didn't stop. Some of us keep stopping. So if we look for the lesson in it or the blessing in it or however you phrase that, if you look for the good in everything that happens, then you will find things like when I do this, this happens. When I spend the money that I set aside for rent, I cannot pay my rent. Okay not a good thing it's not a bad thing it just is a thing mm -hmm. and then you can start to change your actions and change what you believe to be true about even how you handle uh, money or any of those other things or even your ideas about things um, we live in a, in a never enough kind of world now uh, nobody's ever smart enough thin enough fat enough tall enough cute enough they don't have enough hair they don't have enough eyelashes they don't have enough anything they just don't, they don't have enough nails. We just don't have enough. We don't get enough sleep. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. And if that's where you live and if that's what you're looking for, that is what you're going to find. So we need to be careful what we look for. We need to just look at the lesson, learn what was, we need to learn from the experience, and apply that to the next try. And keep learning. And by God, you'll get it right. And you'll never, you won't even know what one thing you changed to get it right. Yeah, you know, I, um, <clears throat> that's Reverend Arkin. I, I um, and I'm trying to remember how long ago. I think it was while we were over on, uh, while we still had a physical location, and I did a lesson called God's Neutrality. And I may have done it more than once. And you reminded me of, of that when you said, you know, it just is, and your mom's uh, lesson to you, it just is. And that is the case. Um, and how can we get to a consciousness of neutral for divine law 
the master law, how can we get there if, in fact, we've been told that God is good? Well, I would say that if you struggle with that, don't worry about how good God is. Don't worry about how good the law is. Don't even don't concern yourself with it ever again. Concern yourself with the fact that there is nothing that created you that wants bad for you, that wants you to fail, that wants you to be a loser. Nothing. It makes no sense to you logically that something would create you to fail, create you to be a loser, create you to be anything. So whether it's good or not good is not even the issue. It didn't create you to fail. So if it didn't create you to fail, what are you going to do with what it has given you? What are you going to do with that neutrality that it has given you, that power of choice that it has given you? What are you going to do with that? And, and, and realizing that no matter what you've done in the past, what's down there, as Reverend Nick said, what's down there that's going to bubble up if it's not addressed, no matter what's down there, you still have the choice to look at, as he said, and as, as Reverend Dr. Steph said, you still have an opportunity to look at the choice and say, look at the mess that I have created. It is awesome. I don't even know how the heck I'm going to get out of this mess. I have made it tight. Am I bad or not? And once you accept, and that's all that is, is an acceptance of your power, then you can start to use your power, guide your power, direct your power in the manner that is best for you. That's your freedom of choice. What's best for you? What's best for you may not be best for your brother, your sister, your cousin, your auntie, your uncle, or your mom. But what's best for you? And you can figure that out as you work with these statements. As, as, as Reverend Dr. Nick said, Every morning he's reading statements. As, as Reverend Dr. Stephanie says, she, she works with find, finding quiet time and making sure that she looks at what's positive in her life. What, does she, what has she done that's good? Those are hints to help you bring forth what is in you that educate, to educate you to release that splendor that's in you. It's not, that you, not you doing it. And that's another thing that we think we're doing it. And it's not. It's allowing that which is much more powerful than us to do what it can do for us based on the direction that we send it. We are definitely very, very powerful, and the struggles we create thus are very, very powerful, without a doubt, without a doubt. You know, a thought came to me also uh, as you were speaking about the stuff that comes up, bouncing off what I had said earlier and what Dr. Stephanie had said, the, um, if we sit with that for a moment, and a thought comes up that says, I don't know, something like, uh, oh, my aching, the, the, my aching back, my aching back, what does the back represent? The back represents strength, it represents standing tall. It represents uh, that part of us that can carry, that can move well, that can stand in strength and vibrance. And we think we contemplate that and say, wait a minute. God didn't create any junk. Hmm. When God looked at what had been created and called it good and very good, 
How could God have stopped at that moment and then all of a sudden created all of us as not good? Hmm. How is that possible? It's an impossibility. So the basic core of our being is good. The basic core of our being can carry anything. The basic core of our being is always strong. The basic core of our being releases and lets go of that which created this pain in the back. To take it a little further, if we believe or if we allow ourselves to embrace the idea that God is everything and all, and we look at our back as if we can actually examine it like a physician, and we say, wait a minute. Someone told me at one time that pain is an indication of something wrong, some cause. But God is the best, God is the greatest cause of all. God is the only cause. Mm. God's cause is good. God's cause is healing. God's cause is releasing. God doesn't even know that I have a problem. As I rest and allow my God power at the very point where pain seems to be is the fullness of God, and there is no pain in God. And whatever I need else I need to know to help strengthen me in my actions in the world, I go back to that place where God is in all its fullness, and I can't relax. Mm. Relax. Relax in the knowledge and the knowing that that presence is not against you. Never has been against you. And never has been against any of us. Hasn't been against this country. Hasn't been against people in this country. Hasn't been against any group. Hasn't been against anything. In fact, what we, what we deal with in, in this thing we call truth is the fact that if it is true, it does not change. So therefore, if there was something, God, universal law, whatever we might want to call it, if it was against us, we could never change it and make it for us. That's not how it works because it's law. It's unchanging. It doesn't, it's not a police officer that you can bribe. Although sometimes we think we can with our prayers, our begging and our beseeching, but it, but it does not change it. So knowing that, that it could not possibly be against me, if it was, I could not possibly win. Uh, the instructor that I had said, yeah, I know what the minister says, working, if it works, if you work it, he says, and I, I, you know, I disagree to, you know, to the level that I can disagree to such a great statement and a great person, but it's working, period. It's working when you don't work. The presence is always moving and working. And if you can make yourself aware of that as a listener right now, if you can make yourself aware of that to know that it is working, it is working. If you are alive, it is working, it is working. How do you want it to work in your life? That's your big choice. That's your freedom of choice. That's your decision. That's your overcoming the struggle. How do you want it to work in your life? And then as, as Reverend Dr. Stephanie said earlier, 
once you decide and it tells you go left, go left. Don't sit there questioning that I've always gone right in my life. <laughs> and that's the only way I can move is to my right. So you, we, we asked, we seek, and sometimes we get the answer, and we either procrastinate, don't move on it at all, don't trust it, or decide that it's not the answer that we want. It didn't come in the package that we want. And therefore, I use my freedom of choice to say no to what I've asked for because I don't recognize it, because I haven't done the work to open myself up to, as, as her mother said, not judging good or bad, but just saying it is. It's present right now, and let's see how it's going to play out. How can I play with it, as, as, as Reverend Nick said? How can I look at it and see my power? Reverend Nick, you opened us up. Would you close us out now? Take us on, take us on home. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to actually go back to the original words of Holmes and Barker. Great. Bring us through the final part of their writing. The effortless power of spirit is mine to use and to enjoy. Mm. Give it directions to produce for my health, prosperity, and happiness. This it does because God acts at my level of consciousness. In me, God loves to be healthy. In me, God wants to be freedom in finance. In me, God wants to be loved. As an individualized outlet of spirit, I now take my rightful place in life. I cease all human efforts to be good, and I let the divine in me but be what it wants to be. God knows my next step and reveals it. I relax and let divine intelligence reveal its next idea. God will produce my good because I let him, her, do it. And this I now allow. And so wow, with that, with that, I'm going to say this is Reverend R. Ken speaking for Reverend Dr. Stephanie Wilson Coleman, Reverend Dr. Nick Angotti. We thank you for being a part of today's podcast, InterQuest. We invite you to come back again. And to each and every one of you, we say namaste. Namaste.